Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Today's the Day Changemakers podcast. I am Jody Grinwald. This week, my guest is Mariama Ba. Mariama was born in Sierra Leone to the Fulani tribe, in which tradition and faith were far more highly regarded than female rights and education. From a young age, Mariama believed she deserved so much more. From fighting to get an education while still living in Sierra Leone, to having to suffer through circumcision, fighting against and not accepting an arranged marriage, to moving to the United States, marrying for love, getting a scholarship to NYU, and becoming the author of Free and Whole, My Journey Towards Education and Freedom as a Fulani and Muslim Girl. She is now starting a business and has a master's degree in global public health nutrition. This is a story of a woman who is determined to live the life she knows she deserves, and she shares her story in the hopes that it helps others living in difficult situations find their own inner strength and determination. Please subscribe to the Today's the Day Changemakers YouTube channel, stream this podcast on all streaming sites. Reviews and shares are always welcomed and help us to be heard. Like us on Facebook and Instagram by going to Today is the Day, Live It. To learn more about Today is the Day Consulting and Coaching Services and the new Today is the Day Changemakers Connective, go to todayistheday.liveit.com. Sign up for our mailing list to be notified when new events and networking opportunities become available. Also, I am the CEO and co-founder of the Zach Gia Plutter Kids Foundation. To learn more about how the organization is connecting children with a financial need to an ongoing creative outlet, go to applaudourkids.org. The views expressed by all Today's the Day Changemakers podcast guests are their own. Their appearance on the Today's the Day Changemakers podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity that they represent. Have a great week, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today's the Day Changemakers podcast. I am Jody Grinwald, and as I say, every week I get to interview the most incredible people who are just sharing their stories, making change, doing incredible things with their life. And today I have Mariama Ba. Hi, Mariama. How are you? Hello, Judy. How are you? I am so good. I'm so happy to finally have you on. I know you've been patiently waiting and and now you're here. So I want to read a little bit from your bio and then we're going to get into uh, a great conversation. So Mariam Ba was born in Spurloop, Wilberforce, Freetown, Sierra Leone in West Africa. Did I get that right? Yes. Awesome. And lived uh, her years between Sierra Leone and Guinea now living in Irvington, New Jersey with her husband and son. She is from the Fulani tribes. Is that right? Yeah. And they value more tradition and faith than female right and education. Though that tradition ran proud and deep from a young age, she witnessed how fear and tradition often unfairly treated women. She witnessed firsthand the abuse that women faced and tirelessly aimed to be in control of her own life from a young age. From fighting to get an education and culture in a culture that values religion over education, manipulated and suffered into circumcision, choosing not to accept an arranged marriage and marrying for love and moving to the United States, she made her mind up at a young age that she would carve her own path and make her life the way she wanted it to be. Her journey has left her free and whole, a journey she hopes inspires girls around the world who are on their own paths towards education and independence. And she wrote an incredible book 
called Free and Whole, My Journey Towards Education and Freedom as a Fulani and Muslim Girl. This book is for all the girls, women, and others who are trapped by customs, tradition, and religion to encourage and enable them to achieve their dreams. Mariama, how did that feel to hear all that? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just saying, did I write that? Oh my God. So yeah, it's amazing. I'm so happy to hear that that someone is reading my bio. Yeah, seriously. Well, you know what, though? The one thing I, I want to say from the top of this is the amount of courage and that you and and what you all the and we're going to go into some of the things that you've been through, but the amount of courage and what it took you to get to write that on the paper. And that's why I just want to applaud you, you know, from the top of this show for sharing and being willing to share your story because it's personal. And it's just not everybody's willing to do that. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you too. So let's get into some of this, some of the, this stuff here. So you were born and raised in um, Sierra Leone yeah. and, and you, you know, you mentioned that there's a lot of things that you, you had to go through and see. And so tell us a little bit about Sierra Leone and, and your experience as a child. Okay, I was born and raised in Sierra Leone, but I spent, spent some time in Guinea also. It's like back and forth. Yeah, but in Sierra Leone, it's kind of bittersweet. Um, bitter because I was forced into circumcision and also was tormented getting, getting married at early age, which I refused. And it's kind of also sweet, but because I put myself into school to be who I am today. And I want to talk about a little bit Guinea because I spent some time in Guinea, like in Please. my childhood. So in Guinea also, it's kind of bittersweet, just like Sierra Leone. It was sweet because I was staying with my grandmother, who, who was very lovely, and she taught me a lot. She taught me how to love people. She taught me that life, living a good life is not just happiness. There's so many struggles on the way, but you have to know how to handle whatever com comes your way. And uh, there was also bitter moments in Guinea when one of my cousins sexually abused me and he was very respected and loved in the community. And I couldn't tell anyone because of all that value, the respect they had for him in the community, I was scared to tell anyone. So I decided to keep it to myself until recently when I come to America, finishing everything, I tried to exp explain it to my sister before I even put it in the book. But some of them saying, anyway, it's the past, forget about it. But, you know, it's, it's something that you never forget about. No. So my life was kind of bittersweet, you know, back and forth. But I'm glad that I was able <laughs> to be who I am today. You know, um, and, and the way you explain it, and I, you know, I'm watching your facial expressions, um, you know, and, and I see, I can feel the pain when you share the painful things and the, and the glow that you get when you talk about where you are today. And, and, and just, it, it looks like just euphoric 
for you. And I, and I share, I just feel that through the zoom screen here, when you, when you say that, and you know, it's awful and horrible to not be validated when you tell somebody what you've been through and they kind of try to tell you to forget about it. And, um, and it's even harder when that's a friend or a family member, because you, because you want them to be on the journey with you or, or say those kind words, like, I'm so sorry that you went through that. And if you need me, I'm here for you. And it's hard not to hear that. Mariama, you know, you said something also that's very important, whether it's in Guinea or Sierra Leone or anywhere, there's a lot of women like yourself who unfortunately have been um, assaulted uh, by someone in the community who's very well known or is feeling it or has clout. And then you can't tell that feeling of not being able to tell, you know, share a little bit, if you don't mind, if it's not too painful, you know, how, how that was, how did you move forward after that incident happened to keep yourself going, knowing that you experienced that and you had to keep it inside? Well, like it's, it's hard. It's very hard, but at that age, at early age, like in my mind, it's like, you know, women are not valued. So I have to forget about it. It just like let a pair part when I came to this country, they realized it's not right. It's not right for that to happen. And the reason that I didn't take it so hard at that age, because I saw what my sisters, my mother and all other women, like what they were going through in marriages, like with, you know, how they are treated in the community as a woman. So I just accepted, accepted that at early age, that, you know, maybe that's life, that's how it's supposed to be. So I just ignored it. I decided not to tell anyone. But later, later on, when I become more educated, I know, I know how important women are in the society everywhere. And, the, and, and what women go through and the hard work that women do, I realize that all that abuses is not right for women. It's not right for anyone to go through. So then I, that's why I decided to write, to put the story in the book. And I decided, I said, okay, let me tell one of my family or friends to see what they think about it. But as I say, when it comes to culture, so many people value culture ever, over every, like so many other things, especially when it comes to like my tribe, they value culture and religion over so many other things. So as I said, okay, I told like my family and friend, but it's like not all of them like felt like the way I was feeling. So I decided to ignore it, but put it in the book and see if I can inspire other people so that they can maybe run away from that or try to become who they want to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it was hard, you know, it was very hard. You know, one of the things a lot of of people live in shame and they live in silence and it, it controls their life when they don't let it out. And they don't share it. And there's sh- that it's it's an unfortunate thing that there's that shame there because it's not the person's fault that it happened to. 
You know what I'm saying? It's not. And when we can share, and I've been hearing this more and more, Mariama, when we share our testimony, right, of what we've been through, we allow and give permission without even realizing it for others to do the same and create the supportive group of people that can surround each other and lift each other up. Do you feel that way? Oh, yeah, absolutely right. Seriously. The moment, like, I put my story in the book, it's like, I'm free. I'm free. I'm so happy. Maybe there is one or two people can learn from it, can be inspired from my story. And the fact that, like, some of the people that, I didn't tell much people that I told about my sexual abuse, even though they didn't accept it, but the fact that I, you know, release it from my chest, you know, say it out, I felt more good and release. Yeah, I think sharing your story is very important, not just to you, but so, so many, you can inspire anyone with your story, yeah. And, and the other thing I'll just go back to real quick is that when you when you share your story and the other person doesn't validate you, it just means you haven't found the right person to share your story with yet. Like, don't stop. I just want to tell my listeners that don't stop if you're sharing and that person doesn't give you what you need. It just means that person doesn't have it in them to give you what they need. So you need to keep looking. Do you feel that way as well, Mariama? Yeah, I felt that way. That's why, as I said, I shared it to a family member first. Then when I saw that they didn't value it or something, then I decided, you know, maybe I can put it in the book so that so many people can know about it. And I know so many people are going through it and they're scared of, you know, coming out and telling their story because of, you know, not being valued or not, you know, like, you know, so many women, when you come out and tell your story, they will you know, they will not believe you. They will not believe what they're saying. And there's always your fault or maybe encourage the person or why didn't you say it early? But maybe at that moment, you don't have the power to say it. That's why you didn't say it at that moment. Yeah, and it happened so many times. So at this age, you, you're getting old, you matured now. Why didn't you say, say it early? Or why didn't you complain about it? But you, you never know the situation at that, at, at that time. No. Sometimes when you say it at that time, it's be, it becomes your fault. So sometimes you have to wait when you think yeah. you're comfortable of saying it before you say it. Yeah. You know, you, say, you said in your bio, and I'm going to look for it here real fast, you know, you talk about the fact that you knew it was wrong from the beginning, right? You know, you knew this, this the traditions they're so deep within the culture, but they didn't feel right to you. Yeah. So did you share that with anyone in the beginning that it within, within your, 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 um, your family or friends and say to them, I don't think that this is right. And did they try to convince you that it was? No, I never, because I knew at that moment, at that time, no matter what I say about the culture or religion, they will never understand. So I just kept it to myself. But I determined that no matter what, I have to run away from that. Do what I want to do to be who I, you know to be who I want to be. But I never tell anyone because what do you? God, I'm sorry. Yeah, because I know 
no matter who I tell in my family or relative or anyone, they will never understand. So that's why I kept it to myself. Yeah. What do you think is inside of you that pushed you for that? Do you do you have any thoughts of that? Because there are probably a lot of women and girls out there who may not be in that exact situation. It could be something different. Where do they find that resource within themselves, do you think? Well, for me, I won't tell you that it's like this person that inspired me or something. It's just my inner self, like myself, like the thought of being like somebody in the society, the thought of being well-educated, um, one day be helping others. That's what pushed me to do what, whatever I'm doing or I did, but nobody inspired. It's my inner self. Like I was telling myself, you have to do this. You have to do what you want to do. You have to do to be somebody in life. That and I keep on. Yeah, I, I used to speak to myself, like in the room. Or sometimes I say, am I am I crazy that I'm speaking to myself? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So what? That how you know that I went through. Yeah, speaking to myself always. You have to do this. You have to do this. You know. You know, there's a saying: you come into the world alone. You yeah. leave the world alone. So you have to love who you are because you're doing your life. Really, it's a, you're with people on the outside, but internally, it's just you. And you have to love who you are. And when you when you come into the earth, you're too young to know. But when you leave, you want to be able to look back and say that yeah. this was the life you wanted. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So just a, a few more questions about your, your childhood here, because I just want people to understand the impact of what so many people in other cultures are going through. It's just so important because we don't know and we just go on and about our lives, but there's so much going on in the world and other parts of the world that are just so difficult and so and so hard. You talked about arranged marriage. How old in your culture would those marriages begin at? Usually at the age of 11, 12, 13. Because for me, like I, I was like you know they wanted me to get married at 13 years old like just after i started school put myself to school they say oh no you have to leave it and it's just not about marrying marriages marrying like your cousin your first cousin it's like marrying your brother you understand so and and i saw what happened to my as i say what happened to my sisters like more, more, most of my sisters their first marriages were marrying marriages and to close relative to. So I saw all the abuses, like, you know, they go to their husband, they beat them up, you know, cause them physically and mentally abuse them. They come home to my father or to, to whoever there, and they, they, they tell them, go back to your husband. You have to respect whatever the husband say. You have to obey the husband. You have to be submit, submissive. With all the abuses, they have no help. They have no one to rescue them. And I said, no, I, I'm not going to go through that. So I said, say, my inner self said, no, you're not going to do that. <laughs> you have to, <laughs> you have to move away. So no, seeing all that, what my mother and sister went through and other women and my neighbors, I said, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. So well, that's, that, that's incredible that you have that inner, that inner strength. And I'll keep saying that because for those who don't that are listening, find someone that will be that inner strength for you, with you, be that that supporter 
You may not find them right away. It may take a little time, but don't give up. I just want to say that don't give up. Yeah. Mariama, I'm going to bring up something that's a, a you know, a definitely a little bit more um, of a touchy subject. You and I talked about it offline. And um, I just want to bring it up because I think people don't understand. You, you talked about circumcision, which is a really, really tough thing and a very, very personal and private thing. And, uh, you know, my heart is is broken for you that you had to go through that kind of time. How old were you when that happened? Um, I think just... I came to Sierra Leone, yeah, from Guinea to Sierra at the age of nine, maybe around 10 or something like 10 or 11, around, around that. And when it comes to circumcision, I, like so many girls, and as I, I was, I, like brain, brainwash, like they tell them that this is what they always tell them. If you are not circumcised, you are not a complete woman. You are not welcome in the society you you're not gonna have a husband in my especially my tribe it, it is something that they value so much and you be become addictive like to like sexually addictive because that the main thing that they circumcise women they say if you don't they don't circumcise you're gonna be sexually addictive like run after men and for me at that age after brainwashing me with all that, I was excited to do it. So, and doing it, it's not like he going to the hospital. It's like they have these native doctors. So just like my story, because I want to share my story so that you know, everybody will know about it. Sure. So at that age, that like me and my like my colleague at the same age, they took me to these native doctors. And for my culture, you whatever pain you go through, you should not like no tears should be shed. You have to be like hold your 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 breath, not crying because if you cry, that's you're not a, like a, a strong woman or something. So they took me first, like in the circle, like so many women were standing. And they put me down, lay me down oh, without anesthesia and without anything. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to cry, but I was thinking about, oh, if you cry, they will laugh at you. They will say, oh, this, this, this girl cried. So she's not strong. So I was holding it, like, mm, mm, like with the pain within me. But that was not the worst thing. The worst thing all like after if like after a few days they came back and said it was not well done <laughs> that was the most most painful thing that happened to me they said it's not, yeah it's not well done and like like five days after with all the saw or something they said they have to do it again and they came like four of them like one was held in my hand two like holding the foot and the woman said they have to do it again. And nobody was there. No, my mother was not there, my sister, nobody. And, and they put me down. I screamed so hard, Julie. I screamed so hard, the pain. I never felt that pain in my life. Sure. I felt so, yeah. I never felt that kind of pain. And they put me down, squeezing. I screamed so hard for them to stop. They never stopped. And I was bleeding so bad. 
and they decided to put me like in the basin, like a salt, like salt water, just to cut down the basin and yeah. put me there and left me there for hours without even checking on me. Yeah. Without even checking on me, I left me there, sitting there, there, bleeding so much, like the entire water was like blood, bleeding so much. And after so many hours, they come back and put me down. And that's, that's the pain that I can never forget. And I, I think no one should go through, through that, no God should go through that. Because for me, it's, it's about tradition, you know? It's about tradition. It's not even written in the Quran because sometimes they use um, religion to justify tradition. You understand? Oh, you have to do this because that's how the religion says. Well, no, it's not written in the book, like the holy book. It's just like tradition. So why, why they want to take away from, take, take that away from women? It's like depriving women, depriving, depriving women from pleasure, depriving, like, oh, I cannot explain the pain that I went through. That's why I don't want anyone to go through that. Nobody should go through that. No, yeah. nobody should yeah. ever go through that. Yeah. And, and I am so, I mean, it's hard. To, I, I, I'm just listening and it's heart-wrenching. And that was you there. And you are probably one of the strongest people I know, you, you know, because to share your story, I, I, I'm blessed to know you, to share your story and, and help other people and the things that you've done from that moment and that's what I really want people to hear. Whatever you think you're going through right now, there's always a way out. There's always a way out. It's so important. And if I if I could give you a hug right now, Mariama, I would. I so would. And I just want to thank you for your willingness to share something so intimate. You know, Jody, I never get emotional on this. No, this is my first time over ever maybe because i'm telling the story like everything that had happened to me like you know telling telling someone that that understand me but i never get emotional about this this is my first time but as i said that's i never forget that moment never never and as i said i don't want anyone ever to go through that you know it should stop it should stop yeah, thank you for like, trusting me yeah, with that. Yeah. Thank you to for listening. Of course. And and you know what? And that's and that that's the key is that it may be hard to it's so hard to say and and for you to say it and share it and allow your emotions out. I I just want somebody who's listening to understand that wherever they're at, that's why we share these things to help them on their journey. It could be one person, Mariama. Your story could change someone's life. One person that's has to, that hears you. Just know that. And so, thank you for for your willingness and wanting to share that. Ham Ten is a leader in IT enterprise solutions and staffing. They are driven to transform their clients' business performances. They do this every day by providing the clients with the best services and products. Products like BizLego, an online community platform, and Colear, a unique learning management system. They also transform the lives of women and children through their associated nonprofits, SheTech, which supports women in and joining the technology field, and Softkin, support organization for kids in need. PAM10, technology for social good. Go to pam10.com for more information.
but you left, you left, you know what I'm saying? You got out of there and you went through way more. I don't want to say the word here, but you went through way more than any one human being should have to endure. But tell us, because I'm sure leaving had to be so hard to get out, right? Because you're a female and you're leaving and you didn't want to get married and you didn't get married at a young age at the third, at 13 years old. How did you stop all of that from happening? And how did you leave? Well, as I said, since I look at my neighbor's kid, the first time I look at them, I put in, yeah, put in their uniform passing by my gate, having their backpack passing there. Then like tears were running my eyes, wondering why, when will I be like them? How can I be like them? Since that day I decided, okay, I wanna, I wanna go to school. Then I went to this person that helped me study, you know, because I started school very, very late, very late. I didn't have the basic education. Not, that's why I'm still struggling with the grammar stuff <laughs> because I didn't have the basic education. Yeah. So since then, I, since I, I put on my uniform, then I decided no matter what, no matter what obstacle, no matter what happened, I must fulfill my dream. I must complete my education and be who I wanted to be. Not just for me, but to other girls or other women and whoever I would be able to help. So I decided, but not just that, with prayer, because I pray a lot. I did, yeah, with prayer, like patience and perseverance, I try not to let anyone stop me from what I want to do. Yeah. It, they, they tried to force you to marry, but you you were able to tell them, no, you weren't going to? Oh, yes. I told them, I say I want to, because the moment, as I said, the moment I started going to school, then this, my cousin, like, because he was living around and he was wo- way older than me. They said, I must marry to him. I said, okay, I just started school. So how you want me to marry to him? They said, then my dad, because my dad, when I started school, my dad disowned me for months. He said, he doesn't want to speak to me, nothing. But, you know, I still try to be close to him because that's, you know, I, he's my dad, no matter what, you understand? But when this marriage issue came around, I tried to convince him. I said, okay, can you be me? Let me finish high school. He said, no, nothing. He will never bear me for that. I have to leave school and get married. I try to convince him, try all kinds of stuff to convince him. He tried to send me away from the house, you know, so I can live with family member or something, just not to see me and speak to me. And I did that. I went away, lived a family member where they mistreated me so bad, bad. Yeah, they didn't even want to stay with me because they look at me as someone that dis- disobeying their parent or something. So they were not treating me well. Then I find people around, like, you know, well-educated people, just try to speak to my father and convince him to just, to let me finish just high school. People come, whoever come, like minister, like, you know, like well-known people, well-respected people. You know, I try to get connection from my school, like my, my teachers were helping me. So they come, 
speak to him. He will say, okay, I will accept, no problem. I say, okay, but the moment they leave, he will start again, like abusing me, telling me what, like who I am, like I'm not like a human being. I'm gonna go to hell, all that stuff. So one day, like in school, like, you know, I try to push it, like, you know, convince it until I get to high school. So I have like several teachers and like there was a woman that were working in, in UN, like he was like activist for women rights or something. So one of my teacher connected connected me to her, to her. So she came to my father and speak to him. Then he said, okay, I'm gonna agree, you know, I'm gonna give her a few weeks. But still, I was, he was not giving me food. He was not looking at me. I was getting hungry, going to friend's house, just to, you know, just, just to get food to eat. And that's how it comes. Like he was kind of, okay, you know, not okay. He doesn't want to see me, but he just trying to accept because the others said to accept. But one day he decided that he go, he gonna go to my school and tell the principal and everybody that I'm, being dis disobedient, like telling them all kinds so they can drive me from school so I can get married. But luckily, I don't know, I'm lucky. <laughs> so they said, don't worry. Then I went, I myself went to the principal. I said, this is what my father is going to tell you. Please don't believe. I want to be there. I want to go to school. This is what I want to do. And then she said, don't worry, let, let him come. I will tell him what I want to tell him. But luckily I have like people that helped me, paid my school were supporting me, giving me money for lunch. Yeah, like I have so many people out there that helped me. But that's how the struggle went, like we're back and forth, back and forth, like, you know, it's no matter what. So, so then this war started in, in, in Sierra Leone because there was a civil war in Sierra Leone. So I decided to go Guinea, you know, after, you know, so that the war can settle down. Then, just after high school, then like before getting exam, the high school like high school exam. So I went there, what what was finished, everything that I wanted to come back. Then my my dad said, No, you're not coming back because your like your cousin, like the man that they want me to marry me, already pay like bride pride for you. So you get to marry soon. I said, What? I said, I don't know nothing about that. How they can pay bride bride for me? So, well, he's your husband now. He's your, I said, well, I said, okay, no problem. But can you allow me so I can take my high school exam? You know, I only just want to find a way <laughs> to finish. He said, no, you're not coming because I said, please come. You know, the moment I finish my exam, then I'll go to my husband. I'll stay with my husband. Then boom, boom, boom. I can like say, okay, okay, come. Then I come. I went to my friend to stay with my friend because by that time, the guy that was paying my fees since I was young, he died because my dad was working for a white guy, German guy. He's the one that was paying my fee until like high school, but he died. So I came back, you know, I stayed with my friend, but he was not happy about that. So he, he sent me another place to stay where, like a family member, where they taunted me so bad because of this guy. And the place that I was staying, 
that guy, that my cousin also came from Guinea and stayed in the same building. <laughs> yeah, so he stayed in the same building. So whenever I come out, like it's like a family house. They were teased, like people tease me, like you say, look at you, you think you are so, you are, you, you are so, like you are better than anybody. You wanna be educated more than anybody, like teasing, tormenting me, all kind of, like, you know, but I can't bear it. But as I say, like I have, as I say, my inner self was motivating me, but I also have support from teachers, from others. So, but for me, I was not listening to anyone. I was not listening to anyone. So there, and my mother was the huge support for me, but like she, she cannot say much. Maybe she can only some, say something in writing, like the Arabic writing, just, oh, be patient, don't worry about that, you know, your dad, da, 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 but she can't say it loud because women have to be submissive. You have to respect whatever your husband says. But at that time, my mom died too. Like she got sick and died. She, like she just wrote me a letter, say, oh, Mary, you know, I know you want to be educated. That's fine. But your dad is so angry at me. He doesn't want to see me, but follow your dream. So I got the letter, read it, and like, like wrote a reply to her. But the day that I wanted to send it to her, I got the news that she died, Sorry. which was the hardest thing for me ever. The so hardest thing, yeah, the hardest thing for me ever. But as I say, when it comes to that marriage, it was like, like it's a long journey. I have to like find excuses just to prolong it, prolong that marriage issue so I can have a way to escape it. So they're just like prolonged. And, you know, like people are taunting me about it, like telling me, oh, it's written in the Quran. If you don't marry this, your cousin, you're going to go to hell. And so like some of my uncle were coming in the room, opening the Quran, you know, like, you know, become a Muslim, you know, the Quran. They open it, reading from like, like surahs within it. Say, oh, this is what is written here. If you don't obey your, 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 your dad, you're going to go to hell. When I walk on the street, my cousin will attack me. Oh, who you think you are? But as I said, I don't know. There's something in my head say, don't listen, don't listen, don't listen. Sometimes, so, oh, well, accept. Like my head, accept and still go as a no, don't accept, don't accept. So it's something in my head that always pushed me. Do not accept this. You started it, you come too far, you have to continue it. You have to continue. Yeah. So, and as I say, I was finding excuses just to push it, push it, push it until I got a way to come here. And, you know. <laughs> how did, when did that happen? And how did that happen that you came here? Well, that one, you know, it's still, you know, there's a system, they call it a lottery, like they call it DV, but like a lottery that back home you play, if you want, then you come, you have papers. That's how I came. Yeah, so then my sister was here too, my older sister, so she was helping me with finances, all that. So that one too, my dad, like, like she was, he was so adamant about that. He said, you have to get married before you go. Woman cannot travel alone. If you go there, you're going to be on streets, going to follow men. So you have to get married. That too, I have to find somebody to convince him. It's like, 
it's like I'm, I was ready for him whenever he said it. I'm ready to find somebody to convince or find excuse. <laughs> I was ready to do so, just so, you know, I give what I want, you know. So, but I came, I came to, yeah, through DV. I came to this country and luckily my sister was here. She assisted and assisted me. And I started, you know, my life here. How old were you when you came here? Oh my God. I can't even, I was, I was older. I came here 2007. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. Older. Older. So yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a newer experience for you, but you went to school. Oh yeah. I came here, I struggled. I started working as a nursing assistant in the nursing home. Started working as a nurse's aide, like home health aide. Nursing home, like terrible. <laughs> then, you know, Try, yeah. Then I went to do to be a satisfied nursing assistant. I applied a job in the New York Presbyterian Hospital. So they hired me as a satisfied nursing assistant. Then from there, I started schooling. But the moment I came, I applied for school. You know, since I did my high school over there. So I was accepted at Bronx Community College. From there, like I was doing very well. Then I got a scholarship to go to NYU. Yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm just applauding you over here. For those who are listening and they're streaming, I'm applauding on Zoom here because, oh my gosh, you went to NYU. That's incredible. Oh, yes. What did you, tell us about what you went for and you graduated, right? Oh, yes. But, oh my God, it was a struggle in NYU. Like the Bronx community, I, I was very smart. And I, I won't tell it, I was not smart in NYU. <laughs> But, but, you know, because that's how I get my scholarship. But when I went to NYU, you know, there's like a competition and I was working like overnight, full-time, full-time in school, full-time in, 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 at work. Like then I have to commit from, from NYP Columbia Hospital. So like in the morning after work, I have to go to school directly. I was sleeping in the train, sometimes missing my stuff. Oh my God, Jody, it was. <laughs> oh my goodness. Determination. Listen oh to this God. determination. But, you know, like the first day at NYU, it's like I never been in school, you know. And I was doing nutrition because, yeah, later on I started public health nutrition, but I started with like just nutrition. And at that time, there was not much black people in nutrition. So I was the only African, <laughs> African black in the class. And, and I was so scared. I said, oh my God, my accent. If I open my mouth, yeah, everybody's going to look at it. And that's how it was. The women, I said, okay, introduce yourself. Then I get up. Oh, everybody's speaking nicely. Then I say, oh, my name is Maria Maba. <laughs> I'm from <laughs> so everyone turned and look at me. I said, oh, then I said, oh, okay. What happened? Here? <laughs> but it was so hard for me to adjust, Jody. It was hard, especially the language barrier. And I was working like, like I was sleeping, like even in my club because of and some like one of my teachers advised me, oh, you know, cut down your hours. There's no, I can't cut because I was supporting my, my sibling back home, like school. I wanted them to continue school. Then I was helping my sisters with, with bills. So there's no way I can cut off 
like somehow has to work part-time and full-time in school. So it was hard. Yeah, sleeping on the, on the subway. Sometimes I pass my stop, then I say, oh my God, did I pass my <laughs> Get out. Yeah, it was hard. It was very hard. Yeah, Jody, but I managed. I managed to survive. <laughs> you did. I mean, managed to survive. I mean, incredible, just motivation, determination, inner strength. So many words to use here. And you wrote a book in the middle of all of that. And I want to get this title right, Free and Whole, A Journey. So I'm sorry. Nope. I'm sorry. Free and Whole, My Journey Towards Education and Freedom as a Fulani and Muslim Girl. I mean, incredible. When did the book get released? Um, March this year. Yeah, it's already out on Amazon. Yeah. All right, everybody support Mariama and, and go to and listen to buy the book and buy the book. I'm just so overwhelmed by all by your incredible story. It's just un, unbelievable. And married and a son, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so where did you meet your husband here or back home? Well, I knew him from back home, but the strength thing about it is like I'm so weird, Johnny. <laughs> And he's like, we are from different tribe. And he's a Christian, I'm a Muslim. So on, which of course my, you know, the Muslim, or oh, you cannot, especially my tribe, marrying, marrying a, like a, a Christian is like abomination for them. Just imagine you have to marry within the family. Then you decided to marry out of your tribe and out of your religion is like, oh no. Oh no, it's not acceptable. Well, you know, I decided to do that. <laughs> you're, you're a rebel. You're a rebel. And then in a great way, in a great way, it's listening to your heart. That's the key. Uh, you know, just, yeah, I decided to just, it's not because I don't, you know, like my family or my tribe or something. It's some, it's my choice. It's something that I decided, you know, this is what I want. This is who I want to be with, you know? And I knew him earlier, like we started as friends, you know, friendship, like, you know, discussing. The surprise, even when he proposed to me, I was like, oh, skeptical. Oh God, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, my family, you know, my tribe, because everybody know my tribe. So I don't know what we're gonna do. I said, "Well, go think think about it first. Think about it. Let's come together." But it was hell, hell. I have to beg. I have to do all kind of stuff just to convince him. Then he said, "He have to like my husband have to convert to to Muslim in order for him to marry me." That in my heart, say, I cannot force anyone to to do what they don't want to do. This is his religion. So how can I convince him to change to something that he doesn't want to be? And his like his father, his forefather, they all like come from Christian background, just like me. So I don't want to change to to Christian, like to, to you know, you know, to Christianity or anything. Likewise, him. So, well, as I say, I find a way, asking people, you know, to convince him. <laughs> We find a way to fit in until, but you know, but like because my my dad died like a year ago, but as I say, I try very hard to mend our relationship. It's like 
not just for him, but for me, I wanted to live peaceful, knowing that like he's in my life and trying like for, because I didn't want him like to die or anything happen to him without hope for making peace like between us. So I wanted that for myself. So I try hard to mend our relationship. But even before he died, our relationship is like sweet and bitter. <laughs> because still, it's like, as I say, it's the tradition. It's not like he, he never loved me or he didn't love me. There's a love there, but because he, he still want to be within the tradition, he don't want, like, he want people to look at him, oh, he can control he like he can control his family. His family is still in the in the tradition. He don't want like the neighbors or anybody to look at him. So oh, this because he was like allergy. Allergy is like you know like a pastor like in in yeah in the in the in the Muslim in the in the uh, Muslim religion. It's like a high rank of religion, you know Muslim religion. So he doesn't want like his like neighbors or relatives don't look at him and so this like the allergy don't, don't, doesn't even know how to control his children like his children when you know went out of hand or his family it's like that's cultural belief that he want to be within he want all the family to be within that's why that's what brought all this problem between us and for me i wanted to be out of it and he want me to be within it. So it was a tongue of war since childhood up to <laughs> last year. I can't imagine, I'm sitting here listening to the tug of war that's going on and that had gone on in your life. And I'm just exhausted, just can't even imagine how it had to be on your side to, to listen. I think our listeners are really going to understand that it was a journey. I mean, this was this was this was a daily journey for you to fight for what you believed in and to have to deal with that when that's your family who you rely on for support, especially as a child. Yeah, even now, because of the choice that that I choose, for example, marrying somebody else, you know, being educated, even now when I'm among among some relatives. You know how sometimes they look at you like, oh, like if you are different or you're not part of the family or even when they speak to you, like they, they don't speak to you with, the, with all their heart or the way they speak, you notice that, oh, well, I'm not accepted within this group. Less respect, this. right? Yeah. Like less respectful. Yeah, yeah. I do. Like you always feel weird among them. Like they always think, oh, oh, she didn't marry within the tribe. Oh, she married, you know, all that. Like, oh, even sometimes when I speak to some of the family, oh, are you praying? You have to pray. Oh, are you are you doing this? So you asking me, what about asking the others? So why are you always asking me this? Are you praying like this? Is thinking that, oh, I'm not doing all that. I'm just like this pagan, or I'm just this person that don't care about anything about religion, anything about tradition. And it's not like that. It's not like that. You know. How does it feel now to have? So your son is how old? Oh, he's four. Four years. Four <laughs> years. Oh my goodness. And so, what would you say? You know, teaching him. 
you know, now you, you're creating basically everything from scratch for him, right? Because you're not teaching him the ways of everything that you learned. You're teaching him some new, lots of new things, right? How is that for you? Well, that he's young now, but I'm, I'm like, I'm still teaching him like, you have to accept who you are. You have to be who you want to be. And for me, even though I'm a Muslim, then my husband is Christian, whichever religion he chose to be, I would not, I would not like fighting for that. That I always say in my heart, even though like my family, they always push me, oh, you have to teach him how to pray. You have to do this now, whichever religion he chooses to, to, to choose, that's up to him. But you have to love himself, love who, who, who you want to be and who, who is who is trying to be that's all i'm going to teach him and work hard you just don't sit sit home and say oh i want to achieve this honor you have to work for it whatever you want you want you have to work hard for it and be persevere and patient that that's all i think oh beautiful things so what's next for you oh well uh, I just like my book is out there. Yeah, I hope people inspire with my book. I hope one or two person. And my plan, I'm trying to open my business too. Yeah, that's my plan. So I'm in the process of, you know, creating my business. Already started, but I believe I will succeed. I believe that. Because when I start something, yeah, (laughs) I don't doubt it. And I'm a fan and I'm rooting for you every single step of the way. And you know, anything that I can ever do to help you, you can always count on that for sure. And Mariama, just quickly, what, what, what is the business? So if anybody's listening, maybe there's something that they need from you or they can help you. So what is the business you're creating? Yeah, I'm creating like a toothbrush for kids but something that is not out of the market yet, you know, something that (laughs) I don't want to like, you know, say, no, no, don't give it away. Don't give it away. (laughs) But I know about a little bit about it. And I have to say, I, and you're an inventor. Like it's just, it's just incredible. Like, you know, from where you were to where you are and the beauty of your story is it's just so beautiful. And it's been so traumatic on one hand, but so beautiful on this side. Yeah, thank you, Jody. Thank you for listening to me all this. <laughs> no, are you kidding? I could listen to you for hours, but I do want to ask you one last question. Yeah. So what is the footprint you are creating right now that you want to leave behind? Well, as I said, so... I put myself to school. I worked so hard to achieve my education. And I put my story in the book. And I believe, I believe whoever read my book or one or two person gonna inspire with my story. And by inspiring with my story, I know I I created something important, not just for me, both. For, for so many, not just women, because there are other men that are so trapped in this tradition that they stick on it, they don't want to come out of it. I hope it can inspire other people too. And as I say, people might rem- <laughs> remember me about this, or my story, of my book. And as I say, I'm starting my company too. 
and I'm gonna continue my journey. I'm not just starting one product. I'm gonna make sure I open a big <laughs> empire. <laughs> That's my dream, you know, yes. <laughs> Oh, I know. This is one thing I can say, just knowing you for a very short time. I have full faith in whatever you decide you're going to do. You will find a way to make it happen. Yes, Judy. Yes. Yes. I believe that too. I believe in myself. I always do. (laughs) And that's, and that's one of the things that, you know, the change makers is all about. It's for those change makers to come together and work together, but it is also to inspire those who don't know where to begin. And so hopefully, and I believe this, you definitely inspired me. And I know that you all inspired so many others who listen to this episode. So I want to, I just want to thank you for sharing so many personal things with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you for listening. Thank whoever is listening to me. I appreciate it so much. I hope you guys going to inspire. My story, you know. I'm Absolutely. Happy. Absolutely. Mariama, thank you again. Um, for being part of this episode. And I, um, is there anywhere that anybody can follow you? Are you on social media anywhere? Yeah, I'm like Facebook and Instagram. Okay, what do they go to? So the Instagram is but just the Barrier Mega, you know, like my email, just like the first, not at Yahoo, just Barrier Mega. Just type that, you see me. Then the first Facebook is just Maria Maba. But so many Maria Mabas though, but... <laughs> Oh I'll my find God. you. Oh yeah, the name is so common. <laughs> yeah, we'll so- make sure to put everything in the show notes so that everybody can find you and follow you and watch you build your empire for sure. Oh yeah, Jody. Oh yeah. Jody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mariama. And I am going to say what I say at the end of every single podcast. Today is the day. You cannot go back to yesterday and you do not yet own tomorrow. So what steps, small or large, are you going to take today to get yourself closer to your goal? Thanks again for sharing your incredible journey and have a fabulous week, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Yeti. 